What's up, everyone? This is Anthony Pompliano. Most of you know me as Pomp. You're listening to Off the Chain, simply the best podcast in crypto. Let's kick this thing off. Dovey Wan is the founding partner at Primitive Ventures. In this conversation, we discuss the current crypto ecosystem in Asia, how most Westerners are misinformed about the landscape in China, what is happening on the ground in the country, and why Dovey created a holding company instead of a fund for Primitive. I really enjoyed this conversation, and I hope you do as well. Skirt, skirt! Want to know who has the best URL? Crypto.com. That's right, Crypto.com. They're a crypto platform with one goal, motherfucking mass adoption. That's why we're all here. We're trying to get crypto in every wallet. Crypto.com is helping people do that through buying, earning, lending, and card payment. Everything you could want at Crypto.com. Go help your boy out. Tell him Pomp sent you. Download the app or visit Crypto.com. Pomp's got you. Always. Ever wanted to get into mining and didn't know how? Don't worry. Your boy Pomp's got you. Everybody got some electricity and Wi-Fi. All you got to do is go to CoinMine.com. You buy a coin mine. It's like an Xbox or a PlayStation that helps you turn your electricity into Bitcoin. That's right. You purchase it. It shows up at your doorstep. You pull it out of the box. You plug it in. Connect to your Wi-Fi. Five minutes or less, you're mining Bitcoin. All you have to do is control it from the mobile app they provide. And then you receive over-the-air updates that add new coins and new features on a consistent basis. Kind of like how Tesla does over-the-air updates and updates the car software. Just you're updating your coin mine. Consumer mining made easy. That's right. Go to coinmine.com. Tell them Pomp set you and thank me later. As many of you know, crypto investors store their digital assets on exchanges or in cold storage for long-term safekeeping. However, this strategy doesn't help them grow their investment holdings or build overall wealth. With the new BlockFi interest account, users can now securely store their Bitcoin or Ether at BlockFi and receive 6% annual interest paid monthly in cryptocurrency. 6% is an absurdly high rate. It's the best rate in the industry. I highly suggest you go check out BlockFi.com POMP. Again, that's BlockFi.com POMP to sign up and start earning crypto today. If you follow Bitcoin and crypto, you've probably heard of eToro. They're the world's number one social trading platform, and I love it. They've got more than 10 million other traders that love it too. And guess what? They just launched in the United States. eToro offers access to the world's most popular cryptocurrencies, including Bitcoin, Ethereum, and others. With the smartest trading tools and the ability to connect with the best traders around the world, there's no better place to build your perfect portfolio. If you're new to Bitcoin and crypto, you can test the waters with their $100,000 virtual trading feature. But if you're more experienced, you can create custom technical charts and use eToro's social feeds to inform your trading decisions. They've got transparent fees, and so you never miss out. They also have an easy-to-use application available on iPhone, Android, or any web browser. You can get started today in just a few clicks at eToro.com. Again, that's eToro.com. Get VIP access to Bitcoin and crypto markets today. Anthony Pompliano is a partner at Morgan Creek Digital. All opinions expressed by Pomp or his guests on this podcast are solely their opinions and do not reflect the opinions of Morgan Creek Digital or Morgan Creek Capital Management. You should not treat any opinion expressed by Pomp as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow a particular strategy, but only as an expression of his opinion. This podcast is for informational purposes only. All right, guys, bang, bang. I'm here with Dovey. We are in uh, San Francisco. Uh, thanks so much for taking the time to do this. Thank you, Pom. All right. Uh, I have come to learn about all things crypto in China from, uh, from the expert. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's start with, uh, with your background. You had a life before uh, yeah. Bitcoin and crypto. What uh, did you do? Yeah, so um, so I was born and raised back in China, and um, so I did my undergrad there, and uh, in like software engineering. And my dad is also the first generation computers, um, just like software engineers, and back in China. Um, yeah, so so like when I was twenty, so I moved to U.S. in mm-hmm. Pittsburgh, and I did my master in uh, Carnegie Mellon in information system management. And like afterwards, and I moved to Bay Area, uh, and I spent about four years at eBay as a engineer, product manager. Um, so that was about 2012. Um, so okay. I was doing this like marketplace competitive analysis. Yep. That's when I learned about Silk Road. 
Okay, um, so let, let me get this straight. So you were getting your master's at Carnegie Mellon. You move out to eBay. Yep. And while you're doing the marketplace analysis at eBay, you yeah. discover Silk Road. Yeah. Because, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> it's competitive analysis because back then, um, like Silk Road is considered as a really bad, it's really bad example of the marketplace on yep. how like no regulation and no internal policy can actually, you know, facilitate all these like, just like criminal transaction things like that. And so like that's when I learned about Silk Road and when I learned about Bitcoin. And so like when the first thing I learned about Bitcoin, because I realized how powerful this, you know, like native like, uh, native internet currency can facilitate global liquidity. Uh, because I, when I so when I was doing my master, um, so like the private school tuition here is not cheap, and 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 so my mom basically, and then so like it's the same for like all these like um, overseas Chinese students actually. Mm-hmm. So because like, we all have to get the money out, so mm-hmm. from renminbi, so like to the local Chinese currency, and then into US dollar, right? Mm-hmm. How do and, people normally do that? Yeah, and so. Uh, like the tricky part is, and then every individual can only transfer up to fifty thousand US dollar every year. Okay, so, so fifty thousand dollar limit to transfer out of China every year per individual. Exactly. So like there's a cap, right? And mm-hmm. so like the cap right now is even more limited. But like back then was like fifty. So like back then was fifty uh, uh, fifty US dollar. Mm-hmm. And so basically, like fifty thousand dollar can only cover like tuition. And then so my mom has to ask the other relatives mm-hmm. and then use their like use per capita their, like yeah, cap. use part of their cap in yeah, order exactly. to get more out. Yeah, okay. so so like basically like the things becoming more and more difficult, and 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 so like that's when I realized, holy shit! So if I can use Bitcoin actually to like transfer all this and just like have this like uh, value transfer and just like currency remittance, and then so they'll be much easier. And it's just not for me. And it's basically for all these uh, overseas Chinese. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so like that's how I got into crypto. And then the other very interesting like coincidence is um, like one of the co-founders of uh, Definity and like Streamlab, like Tom Dean. And so he works at eBay as well. And then we were actually product manager like peers. Mm-hmm. And so like he taught a lot about crypto and mm-hmm. we exchanged a lot of ideas about um, just generically about native like internet economy, right? Mm-hmm. So because if you consider what is the core thing to build a good marketplace is the trust. Mm-hmm. It is all this uh, protocol, but it's all like top down, right? Mm-hmm. Traditionally, we have only three business models for consumer internet, mm-hmm. marketplace, advertising, and subscription slash like virtual goods, right? Yep. And then all this actually requires like data monopoly, mm-hmm. like which means you want to acquire more data and like closed source. Mm-hmm. And then so like further on, so you will build better protocol and then better like like targeting mechanism, etc. Uh, based on the monopoly of your data, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's when we talk a, a lot about what is open economy looks like. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and like fast forward, and uh, I quit eBay in 2015, and and then so I joined a local VC firm and like just a generic VC firm here, so here in Bay Area. Um, so I cover anything uh, marketplace, fintech, and uh, like like. Like crypto used to on the fintech, so because like 2014, 2015 is everything about blockchain, but not Bitcoin, yeah. right? So it's all about this like enterprise blockchain service company, and it's no different than so than like any SaaS business, mm-hmm. right? So it's actually all SaaS, right? Yep. Uh, people building this like. It's, it's just it's just a database based management, software. yeah. So it's yeah. basically just like a database management technology, right? And and then so that's what we consider like blockchain back then mm-hmm. and so had been looking into this space and and like actually like Streamlab is my first and just the model company of Definity. Mm-hmm. So that was my first investment as like a VC. Okay. So because like that's like Tom's company yep. and so I know Tom from my eBay time. And then so he quit before I did and and then so when I quit eBay and then joined a VC firm and like his company is my first investment. And then so it turned out to be a 
blockchain slash like crypto company. Yeah, 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 yeah. absolutely. And, and so when you first saw Bitcoin, you saw the use case with uh, getting money out of China and kind of the, the lack of censorship, etc. That was interesting. So it is not about censorship. It's just about efficiency. Efficiency. Okay. So it's just efficiency and it's low cost and it's the like instant. Mm-hmm. And, and so it's not about censorship because uh, we are still be able to get money out. So it's just a lot of hassle and a lot of overhead and mm-hmm. it just doesn't. So it just doesn't like it's harder yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah and and when you see that uh and you see silk road was it something internally at ebay you guys were like wow silk road's really interesting and like that is uh gonna eventually become a competitor to ebay or was it the exact opposite we're like it's that's like exactly, the exact opposite yeah, that's exactly what so, is wrong with yeah, the market yeah right yeah exactly so it's such a bad example so mm-hmm. we consider that as a really bad like case study for how things can go wrong mm-hmm. uh and then so it eventually you know like mm-hmm. like like went wrong as well and but 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 i think regardless of like what the upper layer application is mm-hmm. and like the underlying like the underlying currency and just like the median like the median of exchange so like it's actually like so it's actually like what excites me the most so mm-hmm. that is bitcoin and then what and then any other native cryptocurrency out there Got it. um and then like fast forward and um uh so i remember that was in 2016 like mm-hmm. like like the second half of like 2016 and and then um uh like zcash right and and so i so i have been looking into zcash for so for like a long time and uh i remember like i think september or like october 2016 okay. and so that's when they launched and 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 then um so I brought this up to my former firm saying like we should invest in this because mm-hmm. like what really excites me about Zcash is like before Zcash and there's so many other color coins, right? Mm-hmm. And like Peercoin, Namecoin, whatever. And those are all feature specific coin, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like Zcash is actually the first like uh, feature agnostic but orthogonal enough mm-hmm. comparing with Bitcoin mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. Bitcoin still has this fungibility problem um, etc. And and like Zcash is definitely one of the kind. Yeah. And so I brought this up to my firm, and so there's a like concern about like regulatory, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah, privacy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So 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 we we didn't end up investing, but I, but but like because of that, and um, so becoming a really good friend with like Zico, and then so like that's also when I met like Eric. Yeah. Uh, so who is my current co-founder of Primitive Ventures, and. So, t- so today, you and uh, Eric are co-founders of Primitive. What is Primitive and kind of what yeah. is your guys' focus? Yeah, sure. Um, so Primitive is actually not a typical fund or VC. We are a uh, global crypto asset holding company, and we basically do everything out of our own balance sheet. Uh, so like that's why it makes us extremely flexible, and we can do direct investment, and we can do mining operation. We can uh, basically incubate the other projects or like companies and like speeding out and we don't have um like type of asset like restriction on like mm-hmm. what we can invest on and so you can consider us as a um just like all in one platform and mm-hmm. yeah so like that is primitive and we have an office here in san francisco in boston um like eric spends like most of his time in like east coast boston mm-hmm. and like nyc and so i spend um half of my time in us and then like the other half in um asia um yeah and 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 so we also have our in-house engineers and like doing like like different research and, and trying out different new ideas and like so for instance so you might heard of the game um so uh, treasure is what's considered as a ready player one mm-hmm. like crypto version like ready player one is a global scale uh like crypto asset treasure hunt, right? Yeah, so, so you guys created Satoshi Treasure, which literally is the idea that there's keys hidden all over the world, yep. and then you guys, on a periodic basis, release... Uh, like the puzzle. Like, yeah, like basically hints. Yeah, people can puzzle. take those hints yeah. and try to figure out where yep. the keys are. Yep. And the part to me about Satoshi Treasure that's so interesting is I don't have to play by myself. Uh-huh. Like, I can actually team up with you because you have a yep. key, I have one key, right? Then yep. we go get five other people and, and we build teams. Yep. And then now it's you're playing this global treasure hunt that is yep. specifically built on teamwork and collaboration. Yep. And then if our team ends up unlocking, yep. uh, it, we get access to how much Bitcoin? Uh, so it's basically like a million dollar worth of Bitcoin. Okay. And then also we got another million from like Tezos Foundation. Okay. So there's $2 million worth of Bitcoin yep. that's up for stake. How many keys do I need to actually get? Uh-huh. 
uh, yeah. the win. Yeah. So like this is actually the beauty of like cryptocurrency and um, when we have this like, private key mm-hmm. and it is not just a single key. And so we use this Shamir secret sharing scheme and then basically split. So basically split this single private key into a thousand key shards. Okay, so there's a thousand shards of this one yep, private key. Yep, yep. And then the other thing is, in order to win the whole pot, and then so you will need to get up to 400 keys. Okay, so I need 400 of the thousand yep. in order to be able to get yep. the pot. Yep. How many does the most successful team have so far? Do you um, know? Uh, so, so far we have released um, seven or eight. And so like seven or eight, like just puzzles. Mm-hmm. And then so some, so some, so like there, so there are also like two different kinds of the keys. One is the generic key. Like basically mm-hmm. you and I can get the same key. Mm-hmm. And then so it's basically like uh, duplicable, right? Mm-hmm. And then the other one, so the other type gonna be the unique key. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And basically if I have one unique key, yep. you can't get it. Yep, 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 yep. right. Got and, it. And, and so uh, I didn't look into the recent stats, and but I think like most of the teams right now, they're pretty much uh, on parity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and so they all got this, uh, you know, like, so so they all got this, so just a generic keys out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, and then there are different team formation across the world. And because uh, this actually require like global collaboration, mm-hmm. right? Because mm-hmm. uh, sometimes that, like the key can be in Tokyo, can be in Beijing, can be in, you know, San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, and then like, like the key itself is actually a QR code. Mm-hmm. Like the interesting about a QR code is it can be hidden into anywhere. It's not just physical place. Mm-hmm. It can be hidden in website. It can be hidden into, uh, you know, like the background of your music video, like things mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so like there's a lot of like different medium mm-hmm. that we can actually hide the key shot. Got it. Okay. And, and so... As you continue, what is the goal of the game, right? Obviously, somebody's going to win yep, this yep. $2 million with the Bitcoin, but yep. like, why did you guys start yep. Satoshi so, Treasure? Like, so because like, when we start like Satoshi Treasure, like, so because like we have been thinking like what can drive like massive adoption, right? Mm-hmm. Like the current key feature of crypto, we have to admit that like even though we have been saying, okay, it's like sovereign resistance, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But we have to admit that the current most active users of crypto are traders, mm-hmm. right? So, yeah, yeah. The, the, the biggest use case right now is speculation and trading. Yeah, so like exchanges have most of the users. Like yep. like exchanges have the best like DAU, right? Mm-hmm. And, and but like if we even look at exchanges, uh, like the biggest exchanges, like the retail exchanges out there, like Binance, and then so they might have um, like, so their DAU probably anywhere from like 50,000 to like, like to a hundred so to a hundred thousand at like so during like current uh, market climate mm-hmm. um and so most of the others are on the lower end of let's say like fifty thousand right mm-hmm. and, and so it's tiny so it's a tiny small dau like this is scale of like user base like com- so just comparing with like, any internet scale like product right mm-hmm. and then so when we think about what can drive like mass adoption and then we think about what are the young people like to do and then so what can actually like unite the other community right Mm -hmm. and uh and and so if we think about the current crypto games out there they're actually not crypto game so Mm -hmm. they're just they're games that have crypto incorporated as a a payment payment or whatever right so it's not crypto native right and uh, and then so that's why we think about what can be crypto native and then Mm -hmm. so we can so like what can a specific like like gamification mechanism is fun is playful and then can also educate users like to mm-hmm. learn about crypto mm-hmm. if you want to play the treasure hunt so so if you want to play such a treasure you mm-hmm. have to learn like what is the key what is mm-hmm. private key what is public key and then how to use the wallet and then like most important thing is proof of work mm-hmm. right you have to spend actual work like to get a key like we human like like we only like care about our own investment, yep. our time, effort, money, whatever. Yep. So when you have your investment and actual work mm-hmm. into a specific thing, and when you unlock the achievement, mm-hmm. and then like the feeling will be completely different than any random airdrop. Yep. Right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. It, it's the whole adage that like the things that you work for, you treasure the most, right? Exactly. And so if I just give you something for yeah. free, then yeah. it's just well, it had zero cost basis for yeah. me. So if it works There's, or not, who cares? Yeah. Yeah. There's no sun cost, like there's no opportunity cost. Basically, the Satoshi Treasure, if you want to play it, and then so people all want to win the prize because it's a, so it's a significant enough of the money. 
And、um, but that require proof of work.、Mm-hmm. And also, what's interesting about this is we also mimic the difficulty adjustment. Mm-hmm. Because like the more people played about it, and、mm-hmm. then the more competitive it will be, and then the more difficult like the puzzle gonna be,、mm-hmm. and then so this like difficulty adjustment is also what we mimic from the actual proof of work,、mm-hmm. uh, consensus algorithm, mm-hmm. uh, um, and then also because it's like a like a massive like global collaboration scheme, right?、Mm-hmm. And then so that is also what like Bitcoin like offers us, right? Yeah, like absolutely. It's, so it's like a trustless. So it's a oh so like talking about this like the trustless element of this game is also so interesting,、uh, because I previously、uh, if I want to join your team、mm-hmm. right and then so you also want to make sure like say for instance、uh, like once we get to the point that okay a team have like three hundred ninety eight keys、mm-hmm. and I have like two or one like unique key and then so we might want to like join forces and then like to win the pot right、mm-hmm. and then but the thing is that. How, like, because I cannot show you the QR code because like、mm-hmm. you can easily just like duplicate that, right?、Mm-hmm. And then so there will be an interesting like zk layer、mm-hmm. on top of that,、mm-hmm. and then how we can so how I can prove to you that I have the key、mm-hmm. without reviewing the actual QR code.、Mm-hmm. So that's a very interesting like. Cryptography problem that we are currently working on、mm-hmm. with many other researchers out there and like engineers and and then like well, it's the whole idea that like gaming can drive innovation the same way that like say race cars drive innovation in the automobile industry right it's the、mm-hmm. the competition is something where everyone is trying to win something there's a、yeah. prize right and so you're incentivizing innovation through competition、yeah. same thing with gaming. Yeah,、right. and then like also like the game itself has drive a lot of people from ARG community, just alternative reality、mm-hmm. community, and then people who have played、uh, Pokemon Go, people who have played like Ingress, like just launched by Niantic, right? And and、um, and also we are currently collaborating with many universities out there and just the college kids, like so they love this type of like gameplay, and and then so so they're so they are super into crypto, and then also. You know, scavenger hunt is something that have been doing like since like very young, and so they're very familiar with, ah,、uh, like the rules and and just like ah、uh, like the policy out there. So, um, so I think it's a perfect like hybrid、mm-hmm. of both being like crypto native and as well as um just like ah、uh, massively and just like like average people can easily get on board of this. Yep. Uh, let's talk Asia and、mm-hmm. China. Yep. Um, you spend、uh, a good portion in China.、Mm-hmm. Uh, you were born in China. Yep.、Um, you speak Chinese, which、mm-hmm. is helpful. Both、uh, Mandarin and Cantonese. Okay, so, so you do speak both. <laughs> yeah.、Um, what is going on in China with Bitcoin and crypto? Right. We just saw that、uh-huh. uh, the president obviously had a, a bunch of、uh, pretty bullish statements. Yep. But from your perspective, what's going on there? Yep. Okay.、Uh, so first of all, and I think it might be helpful to give just a macro background. Okay.、Uh, so like. China has been on this ten、uh, percent GDP growth for like last thirty years, and like which means the living standard double every seven years,、mm-hmm. which is insane. Pretty pretty credible. Yeah yeah, 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 right. It's like a miracle, and、uh, and also like China's governments, like they're really good at like top down planning, and they're really good at、uh, infrastructure building. Right, so building、mm-hmm. railway, building like high speed roads, and building all these like skyscrapers. So, etc. And like the Chinese economy has been developing from like from early days on, like this like textile, low end manufacturing industry,、mm-hmm. and then now probably more into、uh, consumer electronics. And then, but what's the next, right?、Mm-hmm. Because like the economic growth has been slowing down, and like the government, so they actually need to have another. Top-down planning on what is the next theme to focus on,、mm-hmm. and then what can further drive this economic engine, right?、Mm-hmm. So I think the emphasis and promotion of blockchain is actually no different than like AI and like five G.、Mm-hmm. So、mm-hmm. AI and five G has been a huge emphasis for the last like five years, right?、Mm-hmm. And that's also was considered as a Technological infrastructure. Yeah, basically, they're doing the top-down plan that you're describing, where they're saying, "Okay, the future is going to look different than the past. We need to be the leaders in certain categories、yep. of technology、yep. or, or、uh, aspects of development." Yeah. 
One of those is AI, we want to be a leader. One of them is 5G, we yep. want to be a leader. Another one is going to be blockchain, blockchain. we want to be a leader, yep. right? Yep. And they're doing it, uh, in many cases, AI and 5G. They've done it before most other countries have either recognized it's important or two, yep. made a national commitment to yep. it. And blockchain, it looks like the same thing's happening where yep. they're realizing early, this is going to yep. be important, let's make a yep. national commitment. Yep. And because of the structure of the country, when it comes top down, yep. then everyone mobilizes to make it yep. reality, yep. right? Exactly. Um, so like, if you look at how fast that AI and 5G has been developed mm-hmm. in like, local China. Crazy. Yeah. And then so you won't be surprised in about, I would say, three to five years. And mm-hmm. then a lot of things going to be on this like, blockchain rail and mm-hmm. like, blockchain infrastructure. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think like when, so for most of the Western audience here, just like, this is a very typical China thing, to be mm-hmm. honest. Mm-hmm. And it also, it's not the first time that presidency uh, publicly promote blockchain. Okay, when was the first time? The first time, okay, the first time is at a uh, science-specific conference. It's like right. a national-wide science. It's so it's like, like a, a science conference. Yeah. Okay. So it, so um, so I remember it was back in 2017 or like 2018. So okay. like the Chinese government has always been pro blockchain. Mm-hmm. So like this time. Uh, so like this time is definitely different because it elevated the priority mm-hmm. of blockchain as a um, so as a neutral technology mm-hmm. to the same level of AI and um, uh, five, and so to AI and, 5G. and yeah. So basically, what it, what uh, the president said was uh, one, it's important. Two, we want to be a national leader. Three, the idea that it's neutral, right? It's not good or bad. It's just technology. Yeah, it's like the neutral technology. Yep. Yeah. And, and really, what I extrapolate out from AI, five G, blockchain, etc., that emphasis of top down is they believe that China can become a greater superpower in the world if they are leaders in these technologies because it'll help drive innovation, it'll drive economic activity, it'll drive GDP, and, and yeah. kind of you get all these benefits from being a leader in that space, yeah. right? Is that fair to say? Yeah, so I think they're like, so if we think about what is like the real intent, right? And so there will be twofold, uh, uh, specifically about blockchain. So like the like the domestic, like do, so it's like domestically, and um, so domestically in China has been on this um, huge problem of shadow banking business. Mm-hmm. And so explain that problem, the shadow banking. So the shadow banking is um, right now over 10 trillion of banking asset mm-hmm. is actually outside the visibility of like PBOC. So, okay, so, so the People's Bank of China has visibility to majority of the assets in China, but there's $10 trillion? It's at $10 trillion, basically. That's outside of their purview. Yeah, so 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 like which means that thirty percent of the M2 money supply, so it's as thirty percent, close to thirty percent of the M2 monetary supply mm-hmm. is from this. Thirty percent of M2 monetary yeah. supply is outside of the PBOC's purview. So where, yeah. if it's outside of the PBOC's purview, where is it? Um, it's all from this. Uh, is this uh, like private banks or no? So so it's like uh, a lot of this like financial institution or just like peer to peer lending company mm-hmm. and like uh, micro lending company and then even the other wealth management companies selling your just like selling individual high yield products and then mm-hmm. so these are all shadow banking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and because like, it will actually inflate the empty monetary supply yep. and then all these are outside like just like the control of like PBOC, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's why like the blockchain, like the biggest purpose, like the most, so like the most important task uh, of this like blockchain promotion, uh, in my personal opinion, is actually mentally, financially, structurally prepared for the upcoming digital renminbi. And that's the DCP thing. Right. So, so let's talk about this. So, yeah. uh, well, before we talk about DCEP, let's talk about China and Bitcoin, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, China has been very pro blockchain, obviously, uh, president's comments, etc. Bitcoin has not been <laughs> so well accepted, right? There's mm-hmm. been, uh, at least from the Western point of view, there's been a banning of Bitcoin uh, trading, there's been banning of exchanges, yeah. uh, there's even been reports that there's been banning of ICOs, right? All yeah, this yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah. What's actually going on? Like, how does okay. the Chinese government look at Bitcoin specifically? Yeah, so I think, uh, so like, first of all, there's no banning on Bitcoin, like, per se. Mm-hmm. Like, I can still hold Bitcoin. Yep. So I can occasionally buy Bitcoin, mm-hmm. like, through, like, peer-to-peer, um, through peer-to-peer OTC. And uh, and then it's kind of like a gray area, like, if I trade heavily, and then what is that? Like, what does that mean? Um, like, what has been banned is all this facilitator and then mm-hmm. liquidity platform of cryptocurrency. 
not specific to so not specific to Bitcoin. And also, what has been banned, like officially, is the privately issued token. Basically, is ICO. Okay, so they banned ICOs and they banned the centralized exchanges. Uh yes. Okay. So okay, the ban is um whenever there's like a top-down policy like mm-hmm. that. And the private sector will always have a way to navigate through. <laughs> okay, so even though, so so, I think like that's why a lot of like Westerners like don't understand how to do business like back in China. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of room to be flexible and then to be just you know like so to well, be sneaky se- around it. Th- right? There's a separation between the policy and the enforcement. Yeah, right? exactly. Is basically, yeah. The, yeah. the difference and, yeah. and the. Uh, it's very similar to here in the U.S., right? The, the example I, I used recently with somebody from China was uh, they were explaining to me the policy is set, but it's not always enforced and certain mm-hmm. jurisdictions enforce it, some don't. Yeah. And, yeah. And so you got to kind of understand yeah. the, the local politics, if you will. That's very similar to here in the U.S. Take um, marijuana, for example. Mm-hmm. In some country, in some uh, counties or states, uh-huh. it is illegal at the federal level, yeah. and they heavily enforce those yeah. laws. So yeah. they will arrest people for minor possession, yeah. etc. Yeah. But then there are some places uh, at the state level, yeah. like uh, Colorado, for example, yeah. that has said, "No, we are going to legalize this at yeah. the state level and not enforce the federal yeah. law." So I think there's a fundamental difference here: is that U.S. government or like U.S. that regulation has always this like, flexibility between the federal level and like the state level, mm-hmm. right? When it, so just when it comes to China, like everything is actually federal level. Yeah, like, everything is the federal level. So like yep. this, like at the state level, ideally, so they should follow the policy and they should follow the regulation. Mm-hmm. But the thing is that China, so back in China, things are managed by people, but not by law. Mm-hmm. There's always like people over the law, mm-hmm. and there's always people over the like the regulation, and then even the regulation itself is not definite regulation. So like n- like nothing is that deterministic, right? Mm-hmm. And then so the regulation itself is kind of like premature, like many of them. So there's always this a uh, loophole, then like you can try, right? Mm-hmm. Say for instance, um. Uh, like 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 the ban on centralized exchanges, mm-hmm. but Huobi and OK and Gate.io and they're still happily operating in like mainland China and and even growing really fast. And then so then why right? Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a lot of like reason behind it. Like say for instance, like right after the 2017 like ICO slash exchanges ban and Huobi OK and then all the other remaining exchanges like who didn't shut down, so they all reincorporated as like a foreign entity. But the operating entity are still back in China, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And then from that perspective, and then plus they have good relationship with the regulator, and they have all this like you know cover up and like in, so and then local endorsement things like that. So they can still grow and like operate. Mm-hmm. And so like that's why doing business in China, you have to manage a lot of uncertainty mm-hmm. because even the regulation like seems to be set. Like it can be fluid, mm-hmm. yeah. And mm-hmm. then there's always this like room, pretty fuzzy thing, and like. Yeah. Okay, so so that's Bitcoin specifically. What is the Chinese um, kind of thoughts around? One of the big knocks against Bitcoin, right, from detractors, is that uh, the Chinese control all of the mining, right? Like Bitcoin's controlled by China, um, and I think a lot of it has to do with the mining pools, less so from mining itself. Like, uh, so I would say mining itself as well. So both pool and mining. Okay. Like the local farms, basically, like where the machine, like, yep. so Chinese miners, like basically, like the hash power, mm-hmm. like what, the, like, like you said, who the hash power belongs to. Yep. And like conservatively, so conservatively, I would say 60, so 60 to 70% of the hash power are belongs to Chinese. People in Chinese. Yeah. yeah in yeah. China. Yeah. Got it. Skirt, skirt. Want to know who has the best URL? Crypto.com. That's right. Crypto.com. They're a crypto platform with one goal, mother mass adoption. That's why we're all here. We're trying to get crypto in every wallet. Crypto.com is helping people do that through buying, earning, lending, and card payment. Everything you could want at crypto.com. Go help your boy out. Tell him Pomp sent you. Download the app or visit crypto.com. Pomp's got you always. Ever wanted to get into mining and didn't know how? Don't worry. Your boy Pomp's got you. Everybody got some electricity and Wi-Fi. All you got to do is go to coinmine.com. You buy a coin mine. It's like an Xbox or a PlayStation that helps you turn your electricity into Bitcoin. That's right. 
You purchase it, it shows up at your doorstep, you pull it out of the box, you plug it in, connect to your Wi-Fi, five minutes or less, you're mining Bitcoin. All you have to do is control it from the mobile app they provide, and then you receive over-the-air updates that add new coins and new features on a consistent basis. Kind of like how Tesla does over-the-air updates and updates the car software. Just you're updating your coin mine. Consumer mining made easy. That's right. Go to coinmine.com, tell them Pomp sent you, and thank me later. One more word from our sponsor, BlockFi. Their new interest account allows you to securely deposit your Bitcoin or Ether at BlockFi and receive 6% annual interest paid monthly in cryptocurrency. This rate actually compounds, so you receive a 6.2% APY, which is very attractive given the alternatives. So you can actually take your Bitcoin, you can deposit it with BlockFi, and get paid an interest rate of 6% in return. Go check out BlockFi.com POMP. Again, BlockFi.com POMP to sign up and start earning interest on your crypto today. Okay, and, and so where does this go, right? If the Chinese government is saying, um, we want to embrace blockchain technology, we're not so excited about the Bitcoin thing, but, yeah. but it's there. Yeah. Um, and now they're talking about uh, DCEP, which is the Digital Currency Electronic Payment System, yeah. um, or a digital renminbi. Yeah. Like, talk a little bit about, from your perspective, what they're doing, why they're doing it, and kind of how this is going to get rolled out. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so like before we get on to that, so one thing I want to add about the Bitcoin thing is mm-hmm. uh, right now, local Chinese can still buy Bitcoin easily mm-hmm. uh, because China has a really good like Bitcoin supply, mm-hmm. right? Like mm-hmm. 70% of the Bitcoin production is at Bank in China. Mm-hmm. So uh, local Chinese have no problem buying Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. They don't even go through like local, uh, so just like local Bitcoin. So, mm-hmm. so they where, don't, where do they buy it? So all this OTC. Oh, okay. So 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 there's a very there's like somebody in their local town who's doing yeah. OTC transactions. Yeah, so it's a super established like OTC network. Like over WeChat or Weibo yeah, yeah, yeah. or something. So yeah. so it's all over um so uh, so basically, because China is already cashless, mm-hmm. so it's very so it's very easy to transact any like cash equivalent, mm-hmm. like like just like deals, right? And, and so uh, Huobi, OK, and Gate, all these like, local, so all the local exchanges, they have this like uh, centralized portal for like information matchmaking. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I can always like go up there and then like check like who's like selling or buying Bitcoin. Got it. And then we can just connect like over WeChat and mm-hmm. whatever and then uh, transact the fiat on ramp mm-hmm. over WeChat or like mm-hmm. even banking wire. And then mm-hmm. so that's not a problem. So the Bitcoin local liquidity is extremely good back in China. Mm-hmm. So there's no problem of like Chinese cannot get on to Bitcoin. Okay. Okay. So that is actually a prerequisite for the digital RMB. Yep. Because if you think about if you want to rob any digital like US dollar here in US, people are still holding this like US dollar bill, right? So yeah. there's still like like a ton of transaction is happening on physical dollar. Yeah, the, the Chinese population has been uh, trained and has created a habit around digital money already, yep. right? They're yep. used to digital yep. currency, yep. whether it's in on a base on a blockchain or not. Yep. In the U.S., although ninety two percent of the money supply is quote unquote digital, it's but much it's more credit card. Yeah, yeah, it's much it's, more it's credit based, yeah. and it's much more um, based on multi day settlement of yep. Yep. money. Whereas yep. in China, that's not it, the case. Yeah, it's just instant, right? So yeah. it's like. Like, I don't bring any cards with me, any cash with me. I just bring my phone. Your and, phone. And yeah, you don't need to bring cards. Right? Yeah. You just literally, your phone has yeah, everything yeah, in it. Yeah. yeah. And then, it, like, and then right now, a lot of, most of this, just like, like, just like cash has been obsolete, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, cash has been obsolete. So, like, cash has been obsolete for, like, three, five years. And, and, and then, so I think that is actually what, like pave the path for mm-hmm. this digital ramming B, mm-hmm. and then uh, and then like PBOs understand okay, it's just a change of the back end. Mm-hmm. It's just change of the monetary supply. Mm-hmm. Like previously, we are like printing out the physical like ramming B bill, yep. and then sending shipping to physical shipping mm-hmm. to all the commercial banks. And then all the commercial banks then leverage this like fractional reserve, right? Mm-hmm. So they leverage this up, and then using the cash as a reserve, like just like like uh, like at the local level, and then but like right now we can basically switch the so we can basically just like flip the entire thing, uh, onto this like blockchain infrastructure and make anything as M zero because mm-hmm. it's back to the full reserve system, mm-hmm. and then so that's how like I said, like 
like that's how they can fight the shadow banking business because everything gonna be M zero. They have the full visibility on the entire economic activity. And then the other thing is they can actually also program monetary policy. Like think about this. Like if I want to cool down the real estate market, like mm-hmm. which is in, so like which is in such a huge bubble back in China right now. Yep. If I so if I want to cool it down, I simply just subtract like 10 trillion digital renminbi mm-hmm. flowing into that market, right? Mm-hmm. So all this monetary policy like adjustment does not have to be come from this like clumsy discussion or like implementation and mm-hmm. then from central bank indirectly influence the commercial bank. They can do it just over a button, right? Yep. So basically what you're talking about is they create a much more uh, controllable um, kind of... Um, uh, transparent system, right? So they have transparency it's in what everyone's doing. So it's programmable monetary policy and, yep. like, and like fiscal policy as well. Are you worried as you move towards that world, uh, or we all do, uh, that the Chinese government can increase surveillance? Oh, and, so like that is that is not a worry. Like that's like a fact, right? And yeah, because like, like that's the point of this. Like, like yeah. So because like when it comes to digital fiat. And there's no anonymity. So like the anonymity level is it, 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 it's, it's just the same as the credit card, mm-hmm. right? It's the same as a credit card. It's the same as like WeChat Pay and Alipay. And mm-hmm. and then so like that's why the digital renminbi is not cash cash. Mm-hmm. Like cash has the best, like the physical cash has the best anonymity, right? Yep. So it has the full privacy. And, and, and it's fully decentralized, And right? it's fully decentralized. If I, if I right, hand you yeah. cash... Nobody knows who I am. Yeah, Nobody knows exactly. who you are. No one can stop us. Yeah, exactly. Right? So like, that's just the fact that mm-hmm. there's no financial privacy. So like, yeah, when you have the electronic financial system or a digital financial system, uh, you decrease the anonymity to zero, right? And they're so, fully understand who's transacting yeah. with who, how much, where, yeah. what they're buying, etc. So you so you have a full yeah. surveillance system. Yeah. So like. The centralized platform, they always have the full visibility of like so of like what's going on, mm-hmm. and so everything gonna be held on the private cloud mm-hmm. of the PBOC. Mm-hmm. Okay, so like it is not cryptocurrency; it mm-hmm. is just it's just a digital currency in a centralized database, yeah. and it it looks and feels from a user experience standpoint very similar to a digital currency, yeah. but it's not a cryptocurrency yeah. in that it's not. Uh, permissionless, it's not open, yeah. it, there's no level of uh, privacy, it can be censored, etc. Yeah, and so like I think a good analogy here is I ha- so I I so I have been using this analogy is um so have you watched the so you must watch the movie the Matrix uh, Matrix. Oh Matrix, yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So like the digital fiat or any mm-hmm. fiat coin is mm-hmm. basically like the Agent Smith there. Okay, Agent so, Smith, yep. So it looks like human. So yep. it looks like Cryptocurrency, yep. but actually it's not cryptocurrency. So it's just the opposite. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Of basically, it's the same user experience. It's it's basically the Chinese government is saying yes, this user experience is the future. Yes, people want to use this. Yes, it is more frictionless, uh, and people will and ultimately use it. Better interface and human But our yeah. back end is going to be something that is beneficial for the PBOC and for the Chinese government, yep. not yep. beneficial for the people. Uh, well, so I will argue that right, and um, what is good for the people. Okay. Like what is good for people? Like most, like ninety nine percent of the average Chinese citizen, and then what they care about is can I maintain my living standard? Yeah. Like can I further make my living standard better? And like what's good for people is like so they are prompt to things that make their life easier and more convenient. Mm-hmm. Um, and also like if PBOC can so can pull it off and then fight shadow banking, and then so that's actually good for the people. So because why, why is it good if the government can fight the shadow banking? Because why is that sh- good for the people? yeah, because shadow banking right now like like is a huge problem. A lot of people go like just like go bankrupt because of like shadow banking. Like say for instance, so so they borrow money from all these like very uh, like extremely high interest like lending platform, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. then so so they basically went uh, bankrupt, and then so and then many of them are in this like like death like spiral of so of this uh, very immature just like credit facility, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and I think the shadow banking is definitely a problem of the entire society mm-hmm. and then so will cause a lot of like problem down the road. Uh, 
So if PPOC can fight the shadow banking, and I think it's definitely good for the people because um, shadow banking has been a huge just a just a draw and like black hole of like sucking in a lot of um, just a liquid cash and just a cash reserve of the average uh, so of the average um, Chinese citizen. And the other thing is from like global perspective and. Uh, as we all know that Chinese government is very into this one belt one role like initiative and you can explain the initiative. Yeah, so one belt one role means there's a Asian so there's an Asian um transportation like silk role. So that's literally like like the ancient silk role. Um when the uh when like China doing business with many other Middle East countries and like Turkey, uh, like Pakistan, etc., and there's about sixty member countries mm-hmm. along this ancient Silk Road, and so like so that's why what the One Belt One Road initiative is, uh, the Chinese government wants to use its own experience like to help the other develop uh, so to help the other developing countries, uh, helping them on infrastructure projects, helping them on this financial infrastructure potentially. And if you right now go to countries in like Africa, in like even like Maldives, like say for instance, mm-hmm. and you will see a lot of this like um, Chinese so Chinese state-owned company doing their uh, local infrastructure projects there, and so like. There's a lot of like Chinese workers that are working and living there, mm-hmm. and even in some area, uh, renminbi has better liquidity than many other global currencies out mm-hmm. there. So I think from global perspective, the digital renminbi can further enhance, uh, like the basically like the demand of like renminbi as like a, so uh, further enhance the uh, the demand of uh, renminbi as a global currency, mm-hmm. and then so it will also help the Chinese people because like, they don't have to do all this like very clumsy like foreign exchange and and just like uh, 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 just like switch money to US dollar and then uh, use like US dollar in like their um, uh, uh, local just like local states like, where like they might be um, uh, working in like a foreign country. Mm-hmm. So I think like they will further help the local liquidity, especially uh, so especially along this like, one belt one role uh, membership. Uh, so membership uh, countries countries um, so that would also be good for the people as well for sure and so do you think that the digital renminbi fits in with the kind of the social credit system like how do you see the digital currency with the social credit system yeah I think the social credit system is one thing that the western community has been you know like overrated or just okay so the western <laughs> community thinks it's way more important than it really is so it's not so it's not important is the social credit system. Um, so first of all, like China right now don't even have a good, like very basic financial credit system. Okay, so, so the like, financial credit system isn't even that good in China to start yeah, with. Yeah, yeah, so like that's why there's this huge like shadow banking business that yeah. because like there's no good enough like credit facility mm-hmm. from just like so from standard commercial banks, right? Okay. Yeah, and, and so like the so the credit data is very scattered around. Okay. Uh, it's on so it's with Alibaba, it's with WeChat, it's just all scattered around. So there's not even a good like basic financial credit data like like repository out there. Okay. And then so not even saying this like social Skynet like level so credit system. Where is the social credit system today? Like when you're in China, do you see anything to no. do with it? No. No. So so like okay, if you go to any just a like credit checking system, so mm-hmm. if you put in my Chinese ID, mm-hmm. like large chance and you know so little about me, and because that there's not enough like data synchronization. Yep. Um. So I think like the Western imagination of the Chinese social credit system, um. Uh, is definitely not there, and then probably even one tenth or, or, or okay. even so, less so than that. So the system isn't nearly as complex or developed as the Western world thinks it is. But in the future, go out 10, 15, 20 years, could the digital uh, renminbi end up yeah. p- being part of that social credit system yeah, and actually course. increasing the surveillance and increasing of kind of the negative side effects? Yeah. I think like once the data is there, and then mm-hmm. once like once the data is there and once like so once majority of the economic activity is on this Mm -hmm. transparent ledger to pboc and to ccp they can do whatever they want right yeah 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 
Got it. What uh, what are you most excited about with Bitcoin, crypto, uh, and blockchain in China? Like, what, what's the most yep. exciting thing that you see right now? I think the most exciting thing, uh, like first of all, we have all this and mining infrastructure, mm -hmm. right? And mining has been very, like, very. I would say very manual and very primitive and because mm -hmm. when people think about mining they all think about uh, have a ton so have like workers and just uh, sitting in you know data center yeah. and manage all these uh, boxes uh, I think there's a lot of things that we can do in the mining space and then how mm -hmm. to tokenize mining pool and then so um, how to make mining like cloud friendly mm -hmm. and there's a lot of like innovation um, so there's a lot of innovation in the area. Uh, so I have been working with some of the top mining pool like founders out there, and then so to so to basically make mining uh, more resistant, mm -hmm. and then also to make mining more um, uh, accessible like to these smaller scale miners. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think that would be the trend. And then also mining is actually a global energy like arbitrage play. Mm -hmm. uh, we have seen a lot of like Chinese miners and like go outside China, like mm -hmm. like with their existing experience on mm -hmm. like building mining facilities, uh, and so and uh, say for instance, they're, so they're like companies and making this a Lego like mining facility. Mm -hmm. So it's like everything is like a Lego, and they basically convert everything from the container. Uh, so from the actual shipping, so like the actual shipping container, because the like logistic cost is a, so it's like a huge cost like when it comes to mining. Mm -hmm. uh, if when so. Uh, in raining season and you want your miners close to the dam, like mm -hmm. close to the hydropower. Yep. When it is dry season and you want your miners close to the coal, right? Mm -hmm. So there's a huge transportation uh, like involved. Mm -hmm. And then how to make the transportation. Is that why we see on like recently rainy season ended, right? And we saw a drop in the hash rate for a day or two. And then um, we see and then we see it recover quickly. Um, or is that more just coincidence than anything? Uh, so like that's more like st so statistical thing. Okay. Because it's never accurate to look at daily hash rate. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So uh raining season definitely contribute to uh well, like raining season, like the end of the raining season contribute to the increase of the cost. Yep. Basically, you will have like more expensive yep. like electricity supply, but not necessarily leads to the hash power drop. Got like it. The hash so power, people don't actually have to shut the machines off. They just yeah, so pay they would, more for power. Yeah, so they would just like, ship it to like the coal like power supply or mm -hmm. like the like wherever in like Xin, so in like in the Mongolia or like Xinjiang. That's where most so most of the coal power is and. and and like the hash power correlate with the price. Mm -hmm. It's like a lagging indicator. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And as an investor, what area of the world are you most interested in? Is it Asia and China? Is um, it the US? Is it yeah. broadly you're interested everywhere? Like, like how do you think about the geographic breakdown of yeah. uh, investment opportunities? I think crypto is the first sector that US has no unfair advantages. Uh, like if you look at our whole stack, right? Mining is not here in US. Trading majority and uh, trading activities as well as trading of uh, as well as trading facility are so are majority not in US. Mm -hmm. And I think here in US we have probably advantages over like Portugal mm -hmm. and uh, engineers and talents, uh, and then also just business model innovation, mm -hmm. right? Like DeFi and all that. Uh, so I think uh, like crypto generically as like a whole ecosystem is so it's very global and then very decentralized. Mm -hmm. And so that's why we are global from day one. Mm -hmm. And I don't see US has specific advantages and then it might have like disadvantage like when it comes to like taxation, when it comes to mm -hmm. like regulatory uncertainty. Um, and so like there's definitely things, so a lot of investment opportunities outside US. Say for instance, like Asia is really good for all this like application level mm -hmm. uh, innovation, like wallets, like exchanges, and then um, like gaming as well. Um, and also this like centralized like uh, financing platform, mm -hmm. uh, lending, etc. Uh, and 
anything about mining is that definitely in uh, Asia. Um, so I think we have to first to have this uh, value judgment on like which area is uh, specifically good for what. Mm -hmm. And then so like that's how we can make further due diligence and like assessment on a specific investment candidate. Got it. All right. Before I finish up, I always ask a couple of rapid fire questions. <laughs> uh, what do you think is the most important company in crypto other than Primitive Ventures? <laughs> <laughs> the most important company in crypto? Uh, I personally think right now is Binance. Why? Uh, because at Binance, um, so right now, like, so so because if we think about the systematic risk of our so of our whole industry, uh, if there's any bug in like the Bitcoin code, mm -hmm. right, uh, and then also if there's like potential just like tether collapse, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. okay, so it might be tether plus Binance. Okay. It might be Tether and Binance. Both of them. Yeah, and then so if there's any major, major hack of Binance, and then so those are the three things that I think can be the biggest systematic risk of yeah. our so of our industry. Uh, and Tether and Binance are definitely responsible for the last two, right? Okay. Uh, what is the one regulation you would change or improve if you could? Uh, here in U.S. or, or, or China? Wherever. Uh, here in U.S., I would definitely change first the taxation. Uh, mm -hmm. Right now, if you trade Bitcoin to Ethereum and you you have to pay capital gain, and that's insane. And then so we should like tax all this as sugar water company, but not like trading crypto mm -hmm. for like cap so for capital gain because like, previously the like the asset swap like we don't have to pay tax mm -hmm. right and like that's also the biggest problem why all these like, volumes mm -hmm. are outside of US mm -hmm. uh, and then that is also the easiest thing to fix other than all this uh, very fuzzy uh, like definition about what is that security what mm -hmm. is token etc what is right because like taxation is very straightforward mm -hmm. just that like, don't tax this certain behavior mm -hmm. um, that's one thing I would change here in US uh, the, so that would definitely keep many crypto players stay here in US mm -hmm. uh, and and then so China I would say I would definitely try to legalize like fiat on ramp Mm -hmm. uh, for any like crypto purchase basically have like it can be like state-owned exchanges allow fiat on ram mm -hmm. to buy bitcoin mm -hmm. uh, like the biggest adoption bottleneck i see for like crypto and for bitcoin as an sov is like the fiat on ram channel mm -hmm. uh it is not sufficient enough mm -hmm. uh like that's one thing i want to probably potentially can do it in China if we can pull it off. And so they will be huge. For sure. What's the most important book you've ever read? The most important book is What's Life from uh, like uh, Schrodinger. What is that? Like what is life? No, what, what, oh. what's the book about? Like the book is about how life is actually a computer. And then so how life is ah. so, how life is so, how life is all about minimize the um, entropy growth. Yep. Um, that is actually what Bitcoin did, right? So like the Bitcoin keep things in order within the system. Yep. But like dumping the, so, but like Bitcoin mining is actually dumping the access, like entropy mm -hmm. out of the system. Mm -hmm. And then Bitcoin mining is like, we basically uh, like counting hash is useless work, mm -hmm. but that's actually necessary. Like if you want to keep the entropy low within that system, because overall in the universe, like, Entropy is always positive. Yep, yeah, yep, absolutely. It, and and uh, before you get asked me one question to end it, uh, we talk about aliens. Believer <laughs> or non-believer? You think they're real? Yeah, statistically, it's definitely real. Why? Because uh, we can't be the only, like... Just the universe is too big? Yeah. yeah. Do you think they look like humans? No, I don't think so. So what do they look like? Uh, what do they look like? Eh, okay. So my favorite like alien movie is Arrival. <laughs> okay. Okay. So that is my perfect um, imagination of like of what, what an alien is. <laughs> yeah. So it's all about information transformation. Yep. So it's not about how the physical setup is. Yep. Yeah. It's it's just about the intelligence. Yes. Okay. What one question do you have for me to uh, finish up? Uh, I think the question for you is, uh, so. If you're a Satoshi, <laughs> if you're a Satoshi, and then is there anything you want to change on Bitcoin? I don't think that you can because with hindsight, although there are things that people may say are not ideal, if those things had been changed, we might never get to this point. 
-hmm. So like the exact uh, creation, key, yeah. launch, uh, the the characteristics, the uh, adoption, the hacks along the way of exchanges, like everything got us to this point. And so if you go back and change any of that, we may not get to this point. And I look back and I say like, it's pretty fucking incredible that we got here, <laughs> right? Like literally in 11 yeah. years, we're talking about Senate and Congress in the United States, the president, yeah, exactly. the Chinese government, like like it has arrived. Bitcoin and blockchain technology has hit the yeah. global stage. Yeah. Uh, and so if you go back and you change any one thing in that process, we may not get here. Yeah. And so it's just, just take the flaws along with the, the pros and, and move on, right? Yeah, it's all about chaos engineering. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> chaos engineering, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. All right, listen, thank you so much for doing this. Uh, I hope that people really um, understand kind of what's going on in China and, uh, and the larger Asian market after this. And then uh, we'll have to do this periodically so you can keep educating everyone. Yeah, thank you guys. Hey everyone, Pop here. If you like this episode of Off The Chain and want to help us take crypto to the top of the Apple, Spotify, and other podcast charts, please do us a favor and rate, review, and subscribe. To review, simply go to the Off The Chain homepage, scroll down until you see the five blank stars. Taking 15 seconds to fill those stars in and leave a quick review goes a long way in helping us take the entire crypto ecosystem to the top of the charts. I appreciate you listening and see you next time on Off The Chain.